we are motivated by incentives. I mean, jobs do it. Like if you do this um, exercise program, you get this. So even adults are motivated by it. Know that incentives work. I can't even believe how much students would do for a Skittle <laughs> or an M&M. It's just something little, but they all love a reward. Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. We are back with another practical episode for you. I'm so glad you're joining us. I hope you look forward to hearing from our guests as much as I do. Today's topic touches every single educator. Yep, every single one. So if you know an educator who hasn't been listening to the Teacher Edition podcast, here is your perfect chance to share the show with him or her and know that it will be applicable no matter what grade or what subject he or she teaches. But before we explore the topic, throwing a little suspense there. I want to remind you about submitting your questions. That can easily be done on our website, teachereditionpodcast.com. You'll see a button there to click and record your question, and that's it. It's so easy. Of course, then you'll need to listen to the end of each episode so you can hear the questions that have been shared and that we'll be answering. These don't have to be hard, unique, long questions, and actually, it's fine if they aren't. Maybe you're just looking for some practical ideas for your classroom or for communicating, or you just want to shake things up a little bit, and you're looking for some input. That's perfect. Submit those questions. And of course, we would love for you to send in your funny classroom stories, your blessings, Anything you would like to share with us that might be a blessing on the show, submit that and we'll be excited to receive that and share it. Again, all that can be done through our website. And again, that is teachereditionpodcast.com. For those of you who are on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Teacher Edition Podcast and on Instagram and TikTok as Teacher Edition Pod. So let's jump into our topic for this episode. To tackle today's widely applicable topic, we have Jenny DeYoung with us. Jenny holds bachelor's and master's degrees in education. She actually taught the same grade for 21 years. I think that's pretty amazing. And she's currently serving as assistant administrator and the early education principal at Schaumburg Christian School in Schaumburg, Illinois. She also teaches first and second grade Sunday school, and she's part of the AV team at her church. She loves to read and knit and shop and spend time with her loved ones. I actually had the privilege of first meeting Jenny back in middle school. Yeah, a couple, few, several. Uh, yeah, not so long ago. Anyway, in middle school, we met, and it was I was just so incredibly thankful that the Lord allowed me to have a friend like Jenny back then and now. So fast forward, the Lord gave us both the privilege of becoming teachers and then administrators, and over the years, he just continues to allow our paths to cross. You know, so many people go in and out of our lives, but it's such a blessing to have those who continue to be in our lives. I'm so thankful for Jenny. Her Christ-like spirit, her thoughtfulness, and her heart for serving others was there back in junior high, and it is still there today as she ministers literally to hundreds of students and families every day. 
It's really fun to think back to our years in school together. We were talking about this the other day and now getting to talk shop together as educators. So when I reached out to Jenny about joining the show as a guest, we talked about topics and she landed on classroom management among so many others I know we would have enjoyed hearing from her. So as you can see, today's topic does touch every classroom and every teacher because every teacher has a classroom to manage or shape in one way or another. Many people associate classroom management with just the beginning of the year, but you know, this is a daily topic. So maybe your class is going along great and you are ready to let out that leash a little bit and mix it up at this point in the year. Or maybe you are one of those who's still chiseling away and working hard on the class that God gave you and you could just use some ideas and encouragement. Either way, today's topic is relevant and I'm ready to jump in. So Jenny, Thanks for being here. I'm so excited that we get to talk classroom management. Yes, thank you, Jenny, for that sweet introduction. And it truly is a blessing that God's allowed our paths to cross again and continue a friendship and collaborate with one another. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So to set the stage for today's conversation, Jenny, share with us what you feel is the key to good classroom management. Well, there are so many components, but I feel that today we'll cover several of those. But I think starting off with um, just reflecting on what type of climate your classroom has really sets the stage for the management in your classroom. So right now it's winter time where I'm at and we have below, well, not quite below, but close to below um, temperatures with the wind chill. So it kind of puts that thought in your mind of how does a classroom feel when you are hit with that frigid weather outside. Um, <clears throat> thinking back to our schooling years, I'm sure all teachers can reflect back and think like of some classrooms where they just felt loved, they felt warmth, they loved their teacher. Um, and then you had some other ones where maybe you were intimidated or fearful or just didn't um, feel welcomed even. So I think that's really an important starting spot is to develop a good climate in your classroom where not only your students, but your parents feel welcome to come and approach you about topics or um, how their child's doing in the classroom. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk about the importance of a plan. So I know we are into the school year at this point, but no doubt some out there are struggling to get a plan that's a good fit for their classroom, or they feel like they need to regroup and embrace a new plan. And no doubt, there are some teachers out there who don't have a plan. They right. just take it as sure. it comes day by day. So talk with us about the importance of classroom management plans. Why is it so important to establish a good plan? Sure, I think it's survival. <laughs> we know if we've spent any time with children that it truly has to be a calling and a passion to really survive in the classroom. And um, I think you hit it on the head there when you were um, asking the question is why is it important and um, having that plan because when you student teach, at least when I started, you go into a classroom and that plan is already started. So then when you jump in, those students are already trained. And then when you start your own classroom, you forget or don't realize how much work it takes. And then I feel like you just kind of struggle till you find your niche or see the true need. Um, 
it really is crucial to think through those procedures. If not, it becomes chaotic. And um, we've probably all experienced some classrooms where it felt chaotic just because it wasn't clear what was expected. And um, even the Bible gives us a good foundation for that. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, a man without self-control is like a broken city and it's left without walls. So we need to help, especially young children and even teenagers, develop that plan so in the classroom they can have, like a city, a firm foundation that's protected and they know that they're feeling comfortable and they know what's expected. So my warning in that is even if you have a plan is the first couple weeks I found like, oh, I have a great class. They're they're following my procedures. Everything's going smoothly. This is going to be the easiest year ever. And then about week three, maybe four, I felt like it was a totally different class because they had learned me. Maybe they felt like I wasn't going to follow through with my discipline or um, expectations. And then they start to test you. And so week three and four, I think, is a really important time to reestablish, to to show them you know, you see um, what they're doing and that you're going to follow through. So that's just a warning I like to share with new teachers is watch out for week three and four um, because it might be different than you saw the first few weeks. So after um, you develop your plan, you want to really work on um, preparation for that. You know, the Bible tells us do all things decently and in order. And that's a good principle to give to the kids. Why are we doing this? It's to please the Lord. And he expects us to do things well. Um, so it's not just pleasing your teacher or the administrator. It's pleasing God. And then really, if you have a plan, you waste so much less time when they know what they're supposed to get out, when when they're allowed to get a tissue, when um, <clears throat> they can sharpen their pencil or um, things like that. It's just less battles will be fought if the rules are clearly posted. You can just simply walk over and point to rule number two. You don't even have to say it. So it's great to have those rules posted. Um, you practice your procedures, you explain them, you show them, you practice them, and you repeat just till it's like rehearsed um, behaviors that they just know what to do. I really like that you pointed out that it gives them a comfort level as well. And I think students innately tend to yes. act like, oh, we don't want any rules, no procedures, like don't, right. don't give us, but they feel comfortable in that. They know what's expected. They know what to do when, when they can do something, and they know their parameters. They know when it's time to have fun and when it's time to sit down and really focus and listen. So I like that you pointed that out. And, you know, yes. that's applicable to every grade level. And different grades need different levels of procedures. I know you kind of touched on that a little bit. Let's talk more about procedures. Every class needs them. They're the gears of the classroom. Even with our upper level students, even if it's at a minimal level, they're needed. What are some of the procedures and routines that you feel are so crucial to implement? Sure. And it really does, um, like you said, depend on the age level. And my experience is more with lower elementary. So, of course, what comes to mind is where are they going to put their backpack? Where is their coat? Where is their snow clothes going to go? Their boots? Um, how are we going to sharpen their pencils? Where are they going to get a tissue? Turning in work, getting out their books. You really just have to sit down and think of your grade level from start to finish. And that takes a lot of time and effort, but it's so worth it. Um, one book that is really helpful in um, 
there's so much that could be said about this, but if you look up Harry and Rosemary Wong's book, The First Few First Days of School, it really gives a detailed idea of how to type out your plan, your procedures, and just really work through every situation that could happen. But that might seem daunting and intimidating, but know that kids are um, willing to adjust. So I found many times I would think this plan would work, maybe with one class it did, or maybe different time of year with, like I said, snow boots and pants and clothes, your procedures just start working. It's okay to say, you know, the next day, hey, I see this is not working anymore. That's okay. Let's let's adjust this. Let's do it this way and see if it works better. And kids, they like new things. And if you um, show them, tell them, demonstrate it, practice it, repeat it, they can adjust and switch. So really just thinking down with paper and pen, maybe talking to a co-teacher who has a great plan that you see in place, ask her or him, what did you do? How would this work for me? Um, so use your coworkers as a great resource as well, especially if you're in a school that might have multiple grades. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the Harry Wong book because I think that is like yes. a timeless piece of work. We have all read that. I mean, we were both in school years ago and we were reading it and they're still reading yes. it now. And I remember the first time I read that and he talks about even like choreographing your room, like which way will your lines walk and where will you line up? And when they get out of their seats, which way did they go? I thought, wow, this is like, you know, military maneuvers. Yeah. <laughs> and then right. I had my own classroom and I realized like you kind of think, you know what, they'll figure it out. They don't figure it out. Right. You know, it's a traffic jam and everyone's running into each other. Right. And what happens by the second day? You're saying when you get out of your seat, go this way. And years later, I actually met him at a conference well, wow. and hearing him present it live and it was just screamingly funny to hear him reenact some of the the issues yeah. that classrooms have <laughs> when they don't have procedures. And so, yes, definitely a good resource. And as a listener, if you haven't checked that out, check it out. It, it's been around for a long time, but boy, it has just some timeless truths in there. So I'm glad you mentioned that. All right, let's talk incentives. So I'm confident if we would open up the phone lines we would get a huge variety of feedback regarding the use or non-use of incentives. I mean, if we're all honest, we like to be motivated by things or by right. even just praise or a wink or yeah. a thumbs up. It doesn't have to be something huge. I remember telling a student once, you know, if you, I remember what it was, do such and such, you know, I'll have a prize for you. And they said, an iPad? <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking a starburst. But nonetheless, whatever it is, humanly, we are motivated often by incentives. So talk with us. How can we keep students motivated to follow the procedures and the routines in our classroom? Sure. And I do love that you bring up the controversy of it. Um, and, you know, it just... It hits home, like you said, that we are motivated by incentives. I mean, jobs do it. Like if you do this um, exercise program, you get this. So even adults are motivated by it. So of course, use it carefully. Um, and sometimes it's good just to remind those students that no, there isn't a prize or a reward. We're just doing it because it's right to do. So you have to use judgment in your classroom, but know that incentives work. Uh, I can't even believe how much students would do for a Skittle <laughs> or an M&M. It's just something little, but they all love a reward. Or like you said, a thumbs up, a high five. Sometimes even reflecting and learning your students to know what their love language is 
Do they like words of affirmation? Do they like, um, you know, a high five that's a physical touch? Or do they like a note in their desk? Um, those are good things to reflect on. But um, in my classroom, I found my first few years of teaching, it didn't seem like I needed a lot of incentives till it got maybe Christmas time and things were a little crazy and they needed that extra motivation. But through the years, I think students are just changing because culture is changing, parents are changing, and it's um, it's just a different world that we live in. So having some individual classroom rewards is great because sometimes we know we have those perfect students that never seem to misbehave. Um, and they feel that frustration of others who cause them not to get the team reward. So I'd like to have both an individual one and, you know, it could be just a sticker. It could be, um, some tickets that you just chop up with paper and it's like star student it doesn't have to cost a lot of money and you can even put it in a jar and use it for probability that like oh you got five tickets this week you have a better chance than someone who got one or it can be the opposite way that wow you you really did your best this week and you earned three tickets you still have a chance even though maybe someone got 10 tickets so um and i think that was just a helpful tool even connecting math and one reward system that i really liked um through the last few years of teaching in second grade was a behavior book system and to me this was a positive of reward that I could just hand out real easily, copying and just chopping up fake bucks. And, um, but then giving a real life experience that I said, you know, if I'm speeding down the road, the officer is going to give me a ticket. I have to pay a fine because I chose to break the rule. So you chose to break the rule of, you know, whatever the classroom procedure or uh, rule is, and now you have to pay your fine. So I think that tangible um, payment helped the students kind of take a check in their um, feelings of how they were acting in the classroom because they saw that tangible reward. Maybe they're dollars getting smaller or increasing. And then you can have a store maybe at the end of the month and ask parents to donate things. Or it could be little coupons for um, a few extra minutes of Reese's or sit by a friend or bring in a stuffed animal. So it doesn't have to cost a lot, but it is encouraging and it makes that warm environment that it's not just a routine um, procedure drill sergeant. It's like we're doing this and there's a nice reward for doing a good job. So, and then even class rewards too, so that they feel that unity. You know, the Bible says um, that it's good for brethren to dwell together in unity. They need to learn to work as a team and feel that consequence that sometimes happens when the group isn't acting well. So um, one simple way is just, just build a phrase maybe on your marker board and you could be a pocket chart or something. We're adding up, taking letters down for them working together as a team or consequence of like, oh, we have to lose the letter because our team wasn't doing well today. And just a real life example in one of my classrooms one year, we were kind of struggling with that. And I said, let's build this phrase. We work together. And a student came up with a phrase that I loved. And um, 
it was Super Students Unite. And it just was so fitting because I wanted them to be super students. And he got the idea that we got to unite together to build this phrase to earn our extra recess or whatever um, prize we came up with. So it doesn't have to be hard. It could be marbles in a jar. It could be building a phrase. It could be just even points. Um, and sometimes mixing it up helps. They they need a fresh start sometimes to feel that um, desire to please and want to do well. Yeah. And I think often there's the thought that incentives are just for little people. But, you know, we talked about adults are very yes. incentivized, too. And so are our middle school and high school students, too. Right. And, I know you taught second grade and we might think, well, some of these ideas are for the younger elementary. Oh, no, they apply right. perfectly to our upper levels as well. They yes. love, I know a teacher who would still give out stickers to seniors. Yes. It was amazing how hard they'd work for a sticker or it's a true. Snack. I had a, high, a friend who taught fifth grade and then she moved to second grade and then she moved up to high school. And she said she used some of the same techniques. She used her pocket chart for them to turn in their work. And then she could easily see as they walked in, they put it in and oh, so-and-so doesn't have it in the pocket. She would put stickers on their paper and they loved it. it so yes, it, of course you have to feel your class room in the students you have each year, but they do like those stickers in a, a maybe a small candy or um, a no homework coupon. They love those little things too. Yeah, just because they're older. I know some things kind of start to fade away, all maybe the parties and the field trips, but we can't let those incentives go away. Like there's still things that need to come along. And you mentioned their love language. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because there are great resources for that and taking time to learn your students' love language because if you're connecting with them in a way that is not their love language, you're not really connecting with them. Even though you feel like, well, I gave them something. Well, maybe to them, they don't want something or giving them a high five is embarrassing them. You feel like, well, I am praising them. I am giving them, you know, praise, but they're not seeing it that way. Instead, it could even be repulsive to them. So I'm glad you pointed that out, especially as they get older, some of that becomes really, really evident and you can really connect with them. Some students, just a little handwritten note on their desk will send them sailing for days because it is such, it connects with them so strongly. So I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll drop some links into the show notes too for, you know, how to find your students' love language because there's great materials out there on that. Yes. I, I read a book, it's the five love languages of children. And that was one that I think helped me just realize that I have to learn my students. I have to try to build that love bridge to them, but you have to build the right one. So yeah, so that's a great, great way. Even with families, some families, um, parents, they love that call home or that email or, um, you know, a note. So really trying as much as possible to build that bridge with the parents is a good connection point that's really crucial too. Excellent ideas. And with that great insight, we're going to wrap up part one of this conversation, but we're not done talking about classroom management. Be sure to join us for part two as we unpack topics such as preventative measures in the classroom and the key role of clear communication in classroom management. This conversation is only beginning. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheraditionpodcast.com to submit questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Now, it's time to get back to your day. But it's not just any day. 
every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and through His grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do. Thank you.